Welcome to the Sisters in Therapy podcast, previously known as On the Couch podcast. New listeners, old listeners, thank you for rocking with us. I'm Mercedes, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm Takesha, a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I am Brittany, a licensed professional counselor. We all fall under the umbrella of licensed mental health professionals, here to share our unpopular opinions as well as our clinical expertise about all things life, ranging from mental health to trending topics on social media. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute with a mental health professional, but it is meant to serve as a platform where you can get dope content and be inspired to love on yourself. Now, let's get on the couch. What's up, everybody? On today's session of Sisters in Therapy, we're going to talk about trauma. So we're going to define trauma and we're going to basically have a conversation about trauma affecting you as an adult. Not just in romantic relationships, but in general, but probably talk mostly about romantic relationships. Okay. It'll flow. Okay, okay so I'm going to start off by defining trauma. Trauma is the response to a deeply distressing or disturbing event that overwhelms an individual's ability to cope, causes feelings of hopelessness, helplessness, diminishes their sense of self, and their ability to feel a full range of emotions and experiences. Trauma does not discriminate and is pervasive throughout this world. Mm-hmm. So, in, in regards to childhood trauma, it's pretty much the same definition, except you experienced this as a child. As a child, right. So, adverse childhood experiences is basically what they kind of call those trauma events in childhood. Mm-hmm. Some people call them ACEs. Um, I only became familiar with ACEs, I want to say a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how soon did you guys know about ACEs? Or there was something... I didn't know there was a term given, like, adverse childhood experiences. It was only a few years ago. Honestly, I think one of my clients brought it up a couple of years ago, probably, uh, that she discovered. I think she was on Reddit, and, you know, people have pretty detailed conversations on Reddit. They do. And I think somebody presented that, and she defi- she looked up the definition, and she discovered that's something that she experienced. Yes, so adverse childhood experiences, basically, they're the traumatic events that occur before a child reaches the age of 18. Mm. and a lot of times people think of trauma they think of sexual abuse and physical abuse but there is so much more yes to trauma absolutely yes trauma is very very complex so um a question like what causes trauma in childhood so like we just said the obvious trauma is physical or sexual abuse but there are so many others. Um, neglect is also traumatic. Mm-hmm. So if the person lost a parent, um, a, serious, a serious childhood illness, a learning disability, they left you doubting yourself, too many siblings, mm. a det- feeling detached, emotionally unavailable, or anxious parents, mm-hmm. or even your parents' own childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All those things could lead to neglect. Yeah. Um, witnessing family violence, witnessing community violence. Yes. Being a victim of mm-hmm. those aspects. Childhood bullying, mm-hmm. as we talked about in a previous session. Homelessness. Homelessness. Poverty. Yes. I think one of the ones that people don't really, parents don't realize is when it says even your parents own childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And I was reading a research article that said parents who experience a lot of childhood trauma most often have children who have behavior issues. Mm. I don't know the link but I do know that having a parent with unresolved childhood trauma is an adverse childhood experience because it's most likely a mental illness that they're not taking care of. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a really big one for people because they could be parenting well and functioning outside of the home, but inside of the home there could be a lot of 
a lot of like isolation if a parent is depressed right. the child could be actually being the caregiver for the parent mm-hmm. and things like that or if they notice like we said before like increased like anxiety or hypervigilance mm-hmm. in the parent they can kind of pick up on some of those behaviors so the child then grows up to be an adult with unresolved childhood trauma mm-hmm. and that kind of you know that affects our self-esteem that creates anxiety that creates a lot of issues in adulthood that can you know just make life a little bit tougher mm-hmm. for the most part learning i didn't think about learning problems you know being childhood trauma being an adverse experience absolutely i actually had a patient who had that just because of being pulled out of their class or even being pulled to take medication and people kind of knowing that they take mm-hmm. it or they notice that people are frequently frustrated with trying to mm-hmm. help them learn and yeah. feeling like a burden really young. Yes, that's tough. Um, one that I'm seeing here now recently is having a unreachable parent is being a traumatic event. Um, children need to be seen, heard, held, emotionally embraced, and valued. The effects of waiting, watching, and longing for a parent who never shows can last a lifetime. Um, that's one that I've personally experienced with like waiting on the doorsteps for my dad to show up and he never showed up. But I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that as a adverse childhood experience. But that happens with single parent families sometimes when one parent is left to try to explain why the other parent did not show up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an adverse childhood experience. And these are things that, you know, people don't really cons- think of as traumatic. Yeah. But it creates these trust issues and these abandonment, abandonment issues. Yeah, it's, um, I think what's, I don't even know if interesting is the word, but when people think of PTSD or trauma in general, they often automatically only tie to vet, veterans. Um, yes, and that's not do. true. Like, though, yeah, sure, humans are not meant to go to war and be exposed to the type of stuff that they're exposed to, mm-hmm. um, being a soldier or anybody in combat. Um, but I, I guess I'm grateful that research has shown that it's way more complex and that Mm -hmm. regular civilians are traumatized by various aspects of their lives most definitely most definitely yeah and people are traumatized i mean sometimes there's a war zone going on in some of the communities in america you know you don't have to go join the military you know just to get some ptsd exactly I, i talk to people in certain areas of Houston who are telling me about things they're experiencing and they're kind of having PTSD and children mm-hmm. are crying at night because they're scared to go to sleep. So these things are happening right in the communities mm-hmm. in, yeah. in this country. How? No, go ahead. So this question says, how does childhood trauma affect you as an adult? And so childhood trauma can sometimes leak into your adult life because no matter how hard you try to go on, there is still a traumatized child living inside of you. Mm. And I saw this post on social media, and which we I've always said this anyway, when people come to my therapy room and, and they're fighting or they're doing something or the way they respond, and I'm like, that's not even the 35 year old you that's responding to that. Mm-hmm. That's the 10 year old you who's hurt right. that's mm-hmm. responding to this event. Right. Um, because Antoine Fisher wrote a poem, Who Will Cry for a Little Boy Inside of You? And I'm like, that is literally what's yeah. going on. And yeah. so the post I saw on social media, it said trauma keeps us at the age we experienced it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are exactly the age their hurt came. Mm-hmm. That's unresolved childhood trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And that's even if it doesn't come up in, because some people think that it's not problematic because it doesn't come up in exactly. every area of your life. Mm -hmm. However, it it is showing up somewhere, mm -hmm. whether that be in your most intimate relationships or your friendships or the inability to even have those. Because you might be able to work. You might be able to, because you don't really have to have usually any type of intimacy or vulnerability that comes with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it it sometimes it may not come out it may come up in ways that you don't even know that it's coming up because right. you're anytime that you're allowing yourself to intentionally not do something because you don't want to feel something mm -hmm. that's unresolved childhood trauma right we can't go through life and it not comes up it's going to come up eventually no matter how much you push it down it's right. going to come up eventually i learned that personally um, something that you know you just repress it, repress it, or maybe you don't even know you repress it, you're just not thinking about it. And then mm -hmm. something happened on the news, something happened in on social media, like whew, it, mm -hmm. ta it can take you back to the same exact time that it happened. And you can literally, like, even sometimes people even smell and see mm -hmm. everything the same way it happened. And I've had this in my beginning stages of my career, I worked with two girls who were, um. They were really, they weren't like raped, but they were harassed by a guy. Mm -hmm. And so no matter where they go, even though this man wasn't there, they would see his face. Yep. It yeah. happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, even what the article said, trauma can live deep inside. And so it you does. repress the memories. And that's honestly pretty much an automatic response to protecting yourself. But in regards to childhood trauma, it's not necessarily that somebody tried to repress it. It's that when we experience trauma as children, nobody gives us a space to go process Correct. the trauma. So right. it just, it, it lays unresolved. And sometimes when it is sexual or physical, it goes on as a secret. Mm -hmm. You can't be hurt if something going to be swept under the rug. Yeah. What's coming to mind recently, specifically about childhood trauma for me, is that I've been seeing this a lot, is that as adults... People don't even always know when they have experienced childhood trauma exactly. because no one has told them that this exactly. is not okay. Right. We have normalized it, which is why mm -hmm. when people responded, the way they responded to the Kurt Franklin situation, everybody saw it as okay because right. we have normalized that type of toxicity mm -hmm. in our community. So mm -hmm. that's unresolved childhood trauma, normalizing as an adult that this is how I should speak to my children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's actually pretty sad. It's pretty. It's pretty deep, and it's deep because it runs so far. And I think maybe the sad part is not knowing that it's a problem. Not In particular, to well, specifically, I should say to the example that you brought up with Kirk Franklin, mm -hmm. like it's not okay for anybody to talk to anybody that type of way. Mm -hmm. um, and seeing people's responses to, well. Well, that's just how it is. Exactly. That's, that's not how it's supposed to be. I'm sorry that that's been how it how it's been for you, but that's not a healthy form of communication. It's not healthy, but the the term that that's just how it is is going to get us in a world of trouble if we don't undo that's how it is mm. because we're going to keep perpetuating a cycle of trauma. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to... So I guess what what's coming up for me is when I think about romantic relationships and sigma fraud said we have a compulsion to repeat even if we try not to no matter how much we say i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do that or we have experienced this abuse from somebody who will never date anybody like them and he said you find yourself in a relationship that remind you of the people that traumatized you in the past he said yep. 
almost instantly. The first parts of your relationships or dating is somebody that reminded you of somebody that hurt you in the past. You may not even have realized it. Mm-hmm. Right. What is, what is that about? Mm. I think it goes back to being like all that we know. They've even talked about kiddos who have been abused, neglected, or exploited by parents and taken into the foster care system. And then as soon as they get out, of course, the system is fucked and they don't have a plan in place. Yeah. But we still always go back to That's our true. parents. I've had clients like that. Who have abused us. And it's just, again, I'm thinking about bell hooks because this is the only type Community, of... sense com- of belonging. Yes, that we've what, ever felt. That is so true. This is the only love that I know. It might not be healthy love. It might not even be real love. Mm-hmm. But I know that these are the type of relationships that are supposed to have love and this is what mine used to look like. So mm-hmm. this must be mm-hmm. what love is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get that. And that, and I have seen that as a clinician, you know, before I was licensed working as a, just an entry level clinician, I've had clients run away from group homes to go back to families. And these are not, and these were not, this was not specific to like a race. Trauma does not discriminate. Mm-hmm. And so run back to families who who exploit them and like pimp them out yep. and it's so unsafe and it's so unhealthy and they're notice they know that it's gonna like like cause their mental health to just shatter and they still go back because you want to belong somewhere people as humans we we talk all this talk about like oh solo dolo no we're meant to be around each other right. we're meant to interact mm-hmm. but we need healthy interaction so that we can thrive i don't want to be your friend just because I want to be around somebody. I want it to be supportive and nurturing and loving and uplifting. Yeah. If you never experienced that though, who's to say what that even would look like or feel like, or how that would even go. You didn't witness your parents having this. You didn't witness your parents kind of giving you that type of love. You don't really get it in your community. Maybe your school teachers are really still not noticing you mm-hmm. or no one's taking the initiative to, see what's going on or that's 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 a fair you know stance if you never experienced it i i, I wouldn't if I, as i think about myself as a child i will say like it wasn't traumatic traumatic but you know all of us got a little something but i think movies and books helped me see a different side of life mm-hmm. um just engaging in in like um I, I was very much so in love with movies classic movies like black cinema and then books and then just knowing, like, okay, a part of you going to feel like there got to be something more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think when I tell kids, teenagers, like, I'm not saying college is the answer, but I'm saying go somewhere. Leave your hometown. You get to, you get to, meet, who you, you get to meet who you are when you leave home. Yeah, I was going to say that I think um, it's oftentimes a change of environment. Yes. Um, just... For people to understand there's more than what you're experiencing right now. I think the difficult part is having hope for that. Hope and feeling worthy of that. And that's when it goes to you saying people are born with just certain innate characteristics. Because you just got to see beyond your circumstances. And then, honestly, you can't heal in the same environment that traumatized you or abused you. Or that you're not having healthy relationships in. We all, you know, probably went off to college and came into ourselves and were able to go back home and set better boundaries with our family members and be like, okay, that's a little too much. You're not going to, you're not going to come in on my way, you know, mm-hmm. just yeah. certain things because that too can be traumatizing. People coming on your way so much right. as a child. Oh yeah. And so leaving the environment is probably one of the best ways to say, Hmm. I, as a, somebody said the other day at work, Oh, 
when I saw somebody, when I went to a sleepover at one of my friend's house and her mama was, you know, doing stuff, I was like, oh, my, she, the person, oh, my mama just crazy. Everybody, mm-hmm. mama ain't crazy. Right. Because like, for a minute, I thought this is how mama was supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. I do think that's important. So when it comes to the nature nurture thing, I'm glad that you said like, that you were able to watch your movies or read your books because I do think that even in super toxic environments, again, which is why like the school teachers or the coaches are so important because sometimes if you just find one piece of hope or one mm-hmm. piece of evidence of how it can be different or how people can treat you different, that can be enough to kind of make you or encourage you to go off to school or to get into a different environment. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, her friend, she went over to the, their house and saying, oh, shit, it can be different. Mm-hmm. So if any of us can be, you know, that one person that they that kiddos experience that makes them kind of develop or have hope. Right. It, 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 it's something. You like, you know something ain't right. Right. Yeah. Like you, But you got to see something else. Right. right. You do have to see something else for you to say, no, that what I experienced before mm-hmm. was not healthy. Unfortunately, right. though, some people don't have the i guess the the bandwidth to make those type of connections when they are children to say some some people do think that's how it's supposed to be and they grow up and they kind of tolerate that same abuse from friendships and um romantic relationships and even work relationships um reading oh i wrote soul murder um i got that that's m um bell hooks she mentioned soul murder as far as like your soul is just completely depleted from life experiences that have been consistently disappointing you don't know what to do with this so your soul is really just kind of like the bottom of the barrel and it's difficult to bring yourself out of that and i think i think oftentimes it's i think that's why love and community is so important um but how do you how do you navigate that you know because people find comfort in isolation but that doesn't always serve the purpose of of healing isolation is a it's about balance right because we do yeah. isolation is very good for us um you know nurturing yourself and being alone with yourself is also a big part of like wholeness and wellness yeah. but it doesn't trump the community part i know people think it does but loving and community even as even in this country like this whole country is a community and we are mm-hmm. shit right now like yeah all over the place and mm-hmm. people do think that loving has nothing to do with any of it mm. They think it's all business. This is, this is operation. It's yeah. all about numbers. You got too many feelings. It ain't got nothing to do with emotions. It's 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 all emotions. Mm-hmm. It it really is. And I think what where we're gonna continue to steer wrong is because people feel bad for feeling in general. In general. And I think we'll we'll forever be in that negative space as a country because the narrative is go go go, and the moment you can't go anymore, a lot of people don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned that right in 2020 yeah but see but even then people was forced to be still and when you're forced to be still you it generates emotions mm-hmm. that you maybe that were stuck in your mind and body you know because that's what unresolved trauma is mm-hmm. it's, it's stuck in you it's a wounding mm-hmm. event event like that never got a band-aid on there or never got you know stitched back up and mm-hmm. it kind of lays dormant in your body is energy yeah mm. And so then it affects you and you can't figure out why. Yeah. Why you don't trust anybody or why you having these just negative thoughts or this perfectionist or just like what what we call cognitive distortions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh or uh, were you trying to say cognitive dissonance or cognitive distortions? Okay. I was trying to say cognitive distortions because 
unresolved trauma, unresolved childhood trauma can perpetuate a cycle of cognitive distortions oh, in regards to everything. Yeah. You don't feel good enough. Yeah. Um, a lot of things, just a lot of things. Um, trauma shows up. I've seen trauma show up in the bedroom for my couples. I've seen trauma sh- show up in parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not trauma. Unresolved childhood trauma shows up in the bedroom sexually with couples. It shows mm-hmm. up in families with parenting. The One of the most common ways I've seen unresolved childhood trauma is probably, I want to say, the financial situation in regards to, I didn't have it like that. And so people feeling like they got to constantly tell their children, how good they got it. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Like you get, you got, you got this. I get your haircut. You got an Apple. You got an Apple Watch. You got an iPad. So you giving your child everything you wish somebody would have gave you as a child, but then you are blaming them right. by saying you got it. You should be grateful. I mean, maybe that's not what you really should be doing as a no, parent. That's, that's unresolved childhood trauma. It is on unresolved. It's, it's not nurturing. It's not nurturing at all because it's the it's the message of well, it ain't all that bad, but it's the mm-hmm. still the exposure to trauma because there's emotional neglect because you think giving me the iPad is going to keep me to be quiet or get me out your face, right? Or you should just be grateful because my parents didn't give me this when I was mm-hmm. a child. So I'm giving you all these financial gadgets because nobody gave this to me. Mm-hmm. You have clean clothes. You have nice shoes. You know, you get, your, your hair is done. I've heard people say this in yes. therapy. You have, the child has nothing else to complain about. Pretty much because I take care of your basic needs. Yes. Nobody took care of my basic needs. You don't get anything. But it sounds like you're resentful that you got to do it. The way you're saying it to that child. It sounds like you haven't forgiven your parents for not doing it for you. Right. Yes. And I don't think it's an intentional thing. It's I think not. it is a, damn it, I work my ass off to be a better parent than my parents. Exactly. And you're still, and you're telling me that I still failed as a parent. Yeah. And the thing is, I always tell parents in the therapy room, please Let's have a conversation about why you're in competition with your own parents. Right. I was going to say that. It's not, it's not needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not helpful. As a therapist, I always say, this is not help. How is this serving you? Right. It is a, it is putting you in the position to parent your own inner child. You're not parenting the child in front of you, parenting your inner child that lies inside of you. And that is what the unresolved aspect is. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's unresolved childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. It does not mean you're a bad parent. It does not mean that you're parenting it's, but that's how sucks. we take it. That is how they immediately. Take it. Like we take any type of room for growth or opportunity for growth, we take it as a personal attack. Yes, mm-hmm. this is a deficiency of me. I, again, that inherent, which is a response to trauma, is I'm bad or I'm not right. good or worthy. So anytime that that is challenged or triggered, we immediately go into defense mode because you literally have felt like you have fought to the nail to mm-hmm. to get here and someone saying let's make an adjustment that's not what they hear and that's the part of therapy that becomes uncomfortable mm-hmm. and hard and i can say because reading you said earlier that um when trauma shows up in the therapy room basically like it used to be intimidating and i can agree with you that trauma used to be intimidating to me as well mm-hmm. as a therapist but I, as i grow in my role as a clinician i'm learning trauma is everywhere oh yeah it's everywhere and so i am it's everywhere yes. and i'm just trying to you know get my clients to like i am not here to like when it comes to breaking generational cycles of uh trauma abusing people and stuff i'm like listen you have not healed from that right you you sitting here telling me that 
what you're doing is healthy for sure. Yeah. But you're not parenting the child that's in front of you. You're parenting the, per- you're parenting the way you wish somebody would have parented you. Right. I don't think that works to a certain extent. It can be helpful to meet their basic needs, but you got to do so much more than that. Right. You got to acknowledge that they are still full human beings in their own right. Again, you felt you feel like these when you were a kid, those were your basic needs. So they those must be the same basic needs of your kids now. And that's not true because every person, every human is different. Very different. I forgot his name. Oh, gosh, I forgot his name. He's a therapist on um, Instagram. Well, not a therapist on Instagram. But <laughs> He's a family. licensed therapist who has an Instagram yes, profile. Thank you. Um, he, <laughs> of course, went viral because he has these fun conversations with his daughter. His family is fun. Kieran, Kieran. Yes. Oh, love What's his name? Yes, it starts with a K. I don't remember. It's, it's something yeah, it's, like... I get the name. It's like a unisex name because I thought it was a woman at first. Me too. But I know who you're talking starts about. starts with a K, yes. Yeah, so Real melanated brother. Yes, he was. He made Cute. a video. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, he is. He made a video... Um, saying that he gets a lot of messages from, I feel like I already said this before, but he gets a lot of messages from guys saying that, you know, he thinks that, that his family is beautiful and that, you know, they're excited to have a family one day. And he was basically saying like, all of that is great, but we got to go talk to somebody because we've experienced trauma as men and you can't just think you can plant this seed and not grow. Thank you. And because your child exposes a lot of insecurities about yourself that you probably didn't even know you had. Your child exposes your inner child yes mm-hmm. yes and he was like you won't be prepared for it no so what am i supposed to do blame the kid no i gotta go talk to somebody and that's about what i mean it. and so i really initially i thought we we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about um how unresolved childhood trauma affects romantic relationships but it has a great it has a great impact on parenting yes because sometimes what i've learned as i see families is one of my parents you jealous of your child, yeah. mm-hmm. you don't even realize it, yeah. And and it's, and it's okay, but we gonna we we here to break that cycle. We here to make this a healthy whole family. So that's why you here. Let's talk about it, right? And it take people to a place where they like, man, like they don't really like be on. They don't want to acknowledge it. Yeah, it's, it hurts. It it hurts. It can bring on a lot of anxiety. But I think that's the beauty of having a safe space to talk about it. And that safe space is, I'm hoping, with the professional. Yes. Um, and and truthfully, I mean, being a parent, I mean, you can't always prepare for that because it's no. it's a pretty it's a complex role. But I think I always think change is always knocking at people's door, and it's mm-hmm. really a matter of you opening that door and wanting to accept that vulnerability. I don't think people even know how to. I know that nobody knows how to do that, and that's understandable, and that's some okay. Know how to do it. Um, some people know how to do it. Some people ignore it. Right. And they push it down. And they go get all these... They go get all these... They go achieve all these things in life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Will Smith saying, I know I probably said this before on a recorded session, you can't achieve your way out of childhood trauma. No. Mm. You cannot. Mm. It just That's just not how it works. Because you're never going to be satisfied. And this is not even to like blame anybody. One thing about healing from childhood trauma is taking your power back. Absolutely. Or healing from any type of trauma. The healthiest response to childhood emotional wounds don't have to be something extravagant. Right. You literally recognize the violation that it has caused you. Feel the emotions that come along with recognizing it as a violation. Realizing that you don't have to stay there. Create a different story. Exactly. You have the power to do that. Like push the pen. This You pushing the pen. Right. And that's why narrative therapy is probably one of the, one of the best ways to... 
help people heal from trauma or child unresolved childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It empowers them. Yeah. So Keisha, I know you use narrative therapy. I love narrative therapy. With trauma. Shout out to Michael Epson White. I think that's who created narrative therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you get to go back and retell your story. So we're all meaning making creatures, yes. right? So we all at some point had these horrible ass experiences and at that time or even in adulthood we place certain meanings on it whether that be i'm going to avoid this or i'm going to protect myself and not get into these relationships or i'm going to do this or do that um we place meanings on it and those meanings don't always serve us so narrative therapy really helps us go back and process the story and even pull out resilience pieces Mm -hmm. of that story and form new meanings that are better serving for us. Mm-hmm. I love it. That stop us from being stuck in that harmful narrative. Yes, remembering a different future. Mm-hmm. When you use narrative therapy as a modality to treat trauma, it just it just gives people like the the power to just rewrite it. Yeah. We're not saying forget what happened to you. We're saying don't get stuck in what happened to you. Right, because sometimes when we have trauma, the meaning that we have placed on it internalized it we don't internalize it so much that we think this is us this is and we stay stuck in it Mm -hmm. and again we don't have no relationships we don't have intimacy we don't have bonds and we stop ourselves from living fully Mm -hmm. really because of this narrative that we have on it Mm -hmm. yes you can take your power back that's what it's all about liberation yes that's really what it's all about. It's really all about liberation. And sometimes you arrive there on your own. I think I arrived there on my own. But I don't think I would arrive there on my own without being in a program, a therapy program to become a therapist. Right. Mm-hmm. Which forced you to face my own childhood trauma, my own unresolved childhood trauma. Before you have a child and your trauma is just standing in front of you. Well, before I'm a therapist. <laughs> before I'm a therapist. That's when, before it shows up in a the therapy room, I'm like, what? Right. Right. And then I got my trauma spilling all over the place. And mm-hmm. that's the problem. When I'm on social media, all I see is unresolved childhood trauma spilling absolutely. all in the comments. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely unresolved it shows childhood up in trauma. Conversations. conversations every day. Yeah, some of you, and it's hard for me as we're conscious human behaviorists, we're therapists. So when I'm talking to people and they explain something, I'm like, Ugh. yeah. And you don't want to be, oh, you need to heal. You need to heal. You need yeah. to heal. You don't want to do that. Right. But I'm about to start throwing some crystals on people. I don't know. Yeah. It's, and even that, I mean, I, I think even in conversations, Whew, when you conversations. notice it, and then you potentially challenge even what's being said, it's almost like that person doesn't even expect to be challenged. But the person you, thinks they have overcome so much. Right. And they think mm-hmm. they have progressed so much and not realizing that you're still stuck in that hurt. Mm-hmm. they don't realize that they have adopted it so much that it is now a part of their psyche and just way of being way of being yeah. but they think that they're so much better though because they have these achievements and they have things going for themselves but the way you're responding to certain things is just like no you need to go talk to somebody about your unresolved childhood trauma because you got some issues that you haven't really touched you haven't pushed them down yeah. right so we're all just like 
a big ass pie. And just because you have addressed two pieces of your pie does not mean that's it. That's a good example. That your whole pie is good and healed and ready to go. Yeah. Right. Because the truth is, we all have adverse childhood experiences. Every single one of us. Hell yeah. Because life is fucking traumatic. And exactly. adverse childhood experiences, they don't got no discrimination. The study no. was done on actually white people. Mm-hmm. And their numbers was bad. So you can only imagine how it is for a black um, participant study, right. a black focused participant study if that makes sense yeah. mm-hmm. um so that yeah that's unresolved childhood trauma i'm yeah. losing my words i'm starting to stutter here it's okay. so, right. so what do how do you think people can begin to recognize again because they don't always know that it's impacting them do you think there are some telltale signs of okay this might be showing up in my adult life yeah um one thing is when people say the past is the past that's one so you're not recognizing because what somebody said in this article the past is never just the past no yeah i saw that hell no because you can't ignore the past because no. all of your experiences all of your relationships good bad and different Every single one of them along the way is a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. You so, cannot erase or deny. Even if you, when you've been traumatized, you know, as a child, it lives deep inside of you. And you can even say sometimes like it just settles, even though you might have pushed it away and it's not conscious. It's still coming like it's, still, it's there. It's still there. And so I think one way people can recognize it is through their self-image and their self-esteem and yes. the way they see themselves. 100%. I think that's the first sign of recognizing unresolved childhood trauma. And honestly, when you're in your early 20s and your late teens, you don't even know that it's unresolved childhood trauma because mm-hmm. you don't know. You just know, I'm not seeing myself in a good light. I'm not seeing myself as worthy. I got really poor self-esteem. I don't really know why I feel this way. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would definitely say that's a telltale sign. Yes. If you realize that that's a consistent pattern for you, or way of feeling about yourself, there is more than likely something deeper there, yeah. some type of experience. Yeah. The past is never just the past. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, you know, you got to spend your time thinking about the past, especially if it was painful for you. Yeah, I always tell people it's it's more of a reference. Um, at least that's sometimes how I can view it because that kind of lets you know that you don't ignore it. You just recognize that that's mm-hmm. something that happened and really trying to figure out the best ways to heal from that. I think healing is obviously a big part of mm-hmm. um, discovering why you may feel a certain way and how it's impacting your, your day-to-day, if it's even affecting your day-to-day. Um, Probably is one way or another. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether it's day-to-day or your your relationship with people. Um the instant, let me go isolate. Sometimes As a response. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I have a few things here that okay. I just want to hit on as far as just impacts of how does it affect us as adults? Yes, okay. this is just the impacts of childhood trauma okay. and how they might show up in adult life. There are all these different categories: um, behavior, brain development, um, cognition physical health, emotions, relationships, and mental health. Some of these you probably are going to recognize a lot easier than others, but I do want to talk about behaviors because I think this is a good way that we know these behaviors show up, but we might not know that they're always a symptom of trauma. trauma. Mm -hmm. 
So some of those are just poor self-regulation. Um, just have a difficult time yes. regulating your emotions. Like, yes, you go up, down. You you just don't know how to kind of get back to a central place of being emotionally. And that shows up in parenting because absolutely, a poor regulated parent cannot discipline a child who's poorly self-regulated. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't you can't de-escalate the situation because you're not de-escalated. Exactly, your kid made you mad, and you so can't even mad. calmly have a conversation with them or mm -hmm. educate them or even come up with an appropriate punishment because you're so emotionally unregulated that you fucking spaz out. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Um, so social withdrawal, Brittany, you just said that like aggression, poor impulse control, uh, risk-taking behavior, sexually acting out and drug and alcohol misuse. You would be surprised how many addictions are stemmed from yes, trauma. Trauma is the gateway to addiction. I put that on yes. my people think all these uh, trauma is the gateway to addiction. Mm -hmm. Period. I don't know when America gonna take that serious in this because it's that's a different story. Addiction and trauma, we gotta start sending people to rehab and not prison. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, other ways that trauma can unresolved childhood trauma could affect you would be difficulties trusting other people. Like yep. I already said, low self-esteem, fears of being judged. Constant attempts to please people, people pleasing, Ooh, people pleasing, outbursts of frustration, social anxiety. You know, you just find yourself suffering as an adult because you're not happy because you're so hurt. But when it comes to healing from unresolved childhood trauma, you got to do the work so that you could get yourself to a place of forgiveness and forgiving somebody who will never apologize for what they did to you. Yeah. yeah. Which is not easy to do. That's not easy because shit, yeah, they need to apologize, but I highly doubt they will. And if they do, they did it for them and not you. Right. This is true. So a question is that I see here at the, as we wrap this up is can childhood trauma be healed? Healed. Absolutely. I would definitely say yes. Does it go away? No. It's kind of like grief. Yep. In a way, it is grief. It is grief. It's grief and loss of innocence sometimes mm -hmm. of love of emotional security safety. stability um all of those things that are kind of just the baseline of how we want to feel safe in our bodies and in our mm -hmm. environments is taken away mm -hmm. and that's a lot to lose especially as a child mm -hmm. for sure but it can be healed healed you can work through it you can come up with new ways to process and cope with those experiences so that they can. don't show up as much in your life again that's not to say you won't ever think about it again or that it won't still hurt when you think about it like you said even with like loss of a person mm -hmm. we can get it can get better and we can learn to cope with it but it still doesn't take away you know the little twinge we feel whenever mm -hmm. we think about it I see a lot of people who who share traumatic stories that happened to them, adverse childhood experiences, but they've never kind of went to therapy. They talk about the gym being their therapy. Mm -hmm. And they are really nice bodies, really fit. They run all these marathons. But see, the gym is therapeutic and it can help with your mood, but it can't help you heal from childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. And so, I, so if you're listening to this and you feel like you have unresolved childhood trauma that's spilling over into your adult life, your romantic relationships, or even your parenting, or just your life in general... Seek out therapy with someone who can provide you with an empathetic 
empathetic, kind, and safe space. And just set the appointment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Set the appointment. Do you guys have any tips for people on how they can begin to unpack their childhood trauma, I guess, on their own if they're hesitant to go to therapy? Even though I recommend going to therapy. I recommend going to therapy, especially if... I mean, when it comes to trauma, I just recommend therapy first. For sure. Only because, one, we've avoided it so long. Yes. When we do try to address it, it's going to hit you like a fucking box of bricks. Mm -hmm. Yes. You're not going to know what to do with it. A lot of us, if we do have trauma, we probably don't have appropriate healthy coping skills in place to deal with the trauma once we try to go deeper ourselves. I agree. So you asked how I address trauma in therapy. First things first is we need to talk about emotion regulation and developing coping skills first mm -hmm. i'm not about to go deep with you and then send you home and you literally have no coping skills right that's that's a good point that's 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 caring um i i recommend journaling to people who are hesitant to go to therapy um but i do want you to go to therapy but if you're journaling about it you'll know exactly why you want to go you you will know what to share with your therapist when you get there mm -hmm. instead of feeling being on the couch or the chair or whatever, and seeing like I don't know why I'm here, but I know I'm I know I need to come here. So maybe journaling about it, mm -hmm. and you know, bring it up in your therapy session. Yeah, I would probably recommend the same things. I wouldn't uh, veer off any other different uh, suggestion. Mm -hmm. But I, my first would be, well, I guess if it's hesitant, then journaling could be the first approach. Um, but second, obviously, go to therapy. Yes, therapy is probably the best way to deal with trauma. Mm -hmm. but that mean everybody go to therapy they need everybody to go to therapy and we do um, <laughs> but therapy is for everybody it is and trauma is tough and that's just one of those things where it's just helpful to know that you have somebody there with you again mm -hmm. trauma can already just be so isolating so isolating you feel like you're just suffering alone I don't like when people suffer in silence no. I, strength comes from seeking out help in my, I will always say that you're, you tell how you can tell a person is strong if they ask for help. Mm -hmm. That shows strength to me. So please yes. do not suffer in silence. Please, you know, listen to this session more than once, and go love yourself. Go love yourself. Go love yourself. Hey guys, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sisters in Therapy. That is S I S T A S in Therapy. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to our show on and give us a review. And as always, go love yourself.